Welcome to the How the Why. With John Barrett Ingalls. Exploring and celebrating the creative process and the creative purpose of authors, editors, and artists that make up and inspire the Black Hill Press family. Black Hill Press is dedicated to the novella. We believe a great story is never defined by its length. Let's get creative. Hello and welcome to the How, the Why, brought to you by Black Hill Press and 1888. Uh, my name is John Barrett Ingalls, and today we are connected with Kent Watson, the Executive Director of PubWest. Kent, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, but, you know, for I don't need to announce this. We could just pretend like the other one didn't exist. But this is our second interview, uh, our first one. We had a little technical difficulty, so I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to uh, talk with us. I'm, I'm glad to help. You know, technical things are all about our world anymore. We all have to adjust to uh, the technical capabilities or malfunctions. So I'm I'm glad to do, uh, as I call this, our 2.0 conversation. <laughs> yeah, the, the evolved conversation. <laughs> um, so we'll start off by talking a little bit about uh, telling our listeners what Pub West is. Be glad to. Pub West is a an organization, um, we're about 35 years old. Um, our uh, goal is to help small to medium-sized publishers. Um, we've got about 120 publisher members, and those people have everything from from 10 books um, on their list to um, maybe 5,000 books between front list and back list. And then we've got about 100 different associate member companies that belong to the association. Um, associate members we defined as, as people that, that help and facilitate um, the publishing industry, people like distributors and wholesalers and freelancers, designers, um, you know, warehousing people, those kind of folks that, that really help printers and that sort of thing that really help um, the, the publishing industry. And basically we're we're here to help publishers grow. We uh, we have um, various educational seminars and and um, uh, offerings set up. We uh, our, our biggest thing we do each year is our annual conference. This next year will be in uh, in Santa Fe at the La Fonda, February fourth to sixth. Um, we'll have two and a half days of of intensive um, um, publishing uh, seminars and keynotes and uh, discussions, and we'll have a big trade show. Uh, we do those that kind of event. We do smaller uh, educational seminars that we call book lures that are usually in the evenings uh, where we bring in an expert on a subject and then really try to delve in and, and um, try to get people the information they need, say it's an e-book topic or a printing topic or um, something to do with publishing or, or, or publicity or marketing or something like that. So we really try to, try to delve in and, and help um, with... Uh, uh, education for new uh, issues. Uh, we do roundtables, things like publishers roundtables and sales and marketing roundtables and design table roundtables, and we do those by the phone. We also do those uh, at our annual conference. Um, we just wrapped up our PubWest Book Design Awards. In fact, I just posted a press release 
yesterday and everything's up on the website now. We um, we have an awards uh, program where we have about 23 different categories of, of uh, books that um, the people send in, and uh, we have an all-day-long intensive judging session and look through all the books and 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 we're we're looking at the production, the the format, the layout, the the quality of the books. Um, so we really drive in and kind of um, look and see what's going on with new um, new things in 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 printing and production and and layout, those kind of things. And and you know I'm I'm here to I like to say my 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 biggest thing that I do is is I network with people and I get people connected. When someone calls and has a question or needs advice or uh, has a new product that they want to um, help uh, get out into the publishing world. I'm really here just to connect people. Hmm. So you, you you talk about these um, events like the conference and uh, um, the, the the book tours, but do you, do you have like an online social element as well, or or is it more face to face live event conferences and panels? We have we're more of a face-to-face live on uh, content um, portal. Uh, we do offer some things in social media, um, some training, that kind of stuff. But but by and far, um, I haven't seen as much of the need. I'd love to get into that, but I don't see as, see as much as, of a need. Uh, we do uh, have uh, uh, benefits uh, such as Lynda.com that really can provide some of that training. Um, but you know we haven't had that yet. But if if that's something that the the members want it, or are there are others that, that are thinking that we should do that. We can certainly do that. We do some online webinars. We did a, a webinar last year on how distributors use metadata that more than 200 uh, different companies saw. Uh, so, you know, things like that have been um, very, uh, very good for us getting information on. How did the whole thing get started? I know you, you started off uh, like late 70s, mid 70s, um, but but what was happening in in the publishing world at that time or in small press that that uh, warranted something like this to exist that's a great question you know um all good things i guess start in a bar <laughs> we were started in a <laughs> in a bar in at the la Fonda in in santa fe uh and it was a group of publishers that were getting together and they were starting to have discussions and there were questions and um Small and medium-sized publishers were a, a new business at that time, and people really wanted to, you know, network and they wanted to communicate and they wanted to find ways that um, that they could get education. So that was really where it started. We actually have, you know, a good 10, 15 different, 20 different members that have been with us since the very beginning, and can trace that history back and really talk about. It. We've had a, a couple of name changes in there, um, but we've kind of always maintained. Our focus of small to medium-sized publishers. At one point, we were focused only on the, the Rocky Mountain region. At one time, we were focused only on the West. And even though we have West in our name, we are now in 33 states and uh, two different countries. So, um, you know, we're, we're not going to pull the name West out of our our existence. But uh, you know, we're certainly beyond. I, I like to say sometimes that uh, jokingly that we're west of the Hudson. Um, so, you know, we we, we really kind of. Um, grown and grown from that, and it, it it it's interesting that I've been doing this for over eight years, and each day I see a a bigger need to help smaller and medium medium sized publishers. Now, how did you get involved with PubWest? I know you have, I'm going to 
say all this, like I know so much about you, but because we already had this conversation, I know you worked in uh, uh, with magazines and in, in the publishing world in that regard. But to give us a little uh, story of Kent Watson and his journey to Pub West. My journey to Pub West. This, this is, you know, it's. I've been very, very, very fortunate in this business. This is this is a business that I love, and this is a business that I um, I got out of college in in 1990, and I filled out an application at the Tattered Cover Bookstore in Denver. And within a, I would say a, a, a couple of days, I got a call back to hey, come in and and talk to us. And and I went in, and I really liked the people, and um, and they offered me a job, and I said yeah. And and I started on the floor in uh, November. Um, of 1990, and just started working. I was I was working all the different sections at the bookstore, and then about a year into working for the Tatter Cover, a, a, a buyer's position opened up at the at the newsstand, and I was really interested in magazines and newspaper at the time. It was really a vibrant, vibrant industry at the time. Um, you know, pre-internet, there was uh, you know a lot of demand for new reading materials all the time. So became a buyer there for about four, four and a half, five years. And then went on to um, to work for Ingram Periodicals in Nashville. I was a, a field sales manager back in the day. I sold to uh, the international business um, and uh, various um, chains. In fact, maybe some people recall Tower Bookstores, um, which yeah. was a crazy fun you know ride from all of that. Um, sold to them for many years, and then. After that, um, I had moved back out to the West, uh, and I was living in Oregon, and uh, took a job with Houghton Mifflin uh, in their college textbook um, side, and I was a sales rep for them for covering 22 colleges and universities in um, in Oregon and Southwest Washington. I did that for five and a half years, and then went on. It was the dot com time, and uh, Went on and uh, I worked for a dot com publisher for a little while, which was a crazy, crazy time. And then I went over to Timber Press. Uh, they're a local horticultural gardening um, publisher here in town, really well known in Portland. And uh, worked there for them a short time. I'd, unbeknownst to me, they 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 were being sold. And uh, once they were sold, to work when they didn't need a, a sales guy. So uh, then I uh, I found an open position and. Was offered the, the the job as the executive director of Pub West and have been happy ever since. I also, um, as crazy as it sounds, is a full time job, but I also teach at Portland State University. I'm an adjunct professor. I I teach uh, the business of book publishing. Um, Portland State has its own student run press called Ooligan Press. They've I think they've published over 30 books right now. They're actually distributed by your publisher services, and I help them out a couple nights a week. So it's been a fun ride. Yeah. Now, how have you seen uh, Pub West change since you, you've been with them? I, I, you know, it's interesting. I, if I go back to you know the electronic days and how much of that's changed, we've, we've we had this influx when I was when I first started at Pub West. We were just going into to, to um, moving to ISBN thirteen, and there was there was a big change that was happening with that and. The, and we were coming, becoming more computerized and uh, metadata-driven. Um, then we really got into this rise of everybody's got to be in e-books, and we really rode that for a while. And now I'm seeing that kind of come back, and we're seeing e-books slightly flatten out. Uh, and, and and the nice part about it that I that I still enjoy is the the printed book is still 
um, so hot. So, so many people still uh, want the printed book, which I think is wonderful. And I also think it's interesting that we have that audience um, that 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 wants both. They want to be able to travel with a book on a plane, with, on an e-book, and then come home and read the rest of it on a print book, which I think is kind of fascinating. And, and I've kind of seen this whole market shift, and, and I think that really the way that I look at it anymore is making sure that we as publishers offer any um, book in any form that the reader wants it, whether they want it as an e-book or a print book or both or you know any kind of any kind of way that they want it as a as a uh, POD book as you know now we're slicing content. It's 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 really an interesting time to be in publishing. Hmm. Um, the the e-readers have you seen that kind of level off like the uh, the increase of uh, uh, publishers or, or of users uh, moving to the. I know at one point it was increasing, and the Nook and the, uh, the Kindle were like uh, really drawing that market share. But have you noticed that kind of level off a little bit, or is it still increasing? What I'm seeing the last data, and it's been a few months since I've seen anything, but the last data I've seen um, really has the ebooks um, leveling off. But again, we have to make sure as publishers, because you know, this is a tough business, that we have to make sure that we're offering that book in any form that, that anyone wants it, even if things are, are leveling off. you know. And, and like I say, now we're slicing content and, and pulling subjects out of things and putting books together, and there's companies that are specializing in those things. Um, you know, And we're really, um, over the last, boy, since BEA happened, the Book Expo America, now there's really this shift of, thinking about how much um, demand is going to happen into China um, and uh, how large that readership can be. And I think there's going to be a big shift in that way to see how uh, that market opens up and, and, and how, they, how that, the Chinese want to buy things, whether it's electronically or, or in print. So I think that's, that's going to be a really change. If, if anybody had gone to BEA, the booth that China had was absolutely enormous and it was Fascinating to walk through and, and see what they were doing and see um, maybe what's going to happen in the next five to ten years. Now, is that going to be like translations into uh, uh, Chinese then for e-readers and print? Or? You know, I'm, I'm not exactly sure. I don't know the statistics of how many Chinese read English. Um, I would assume that, 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 again, we go back into that the same part where we were talking about the, the, the first part of this conversation where we're, again, providing that contact in the, content in any way the reader wants it. So maybe uh, they have a button that they can choose, um, whether it's in a couple of different um, forms of Chinese language or it's in English or maybe it's in French or German or Spanish or, you know, something like that. I think we're going we're gonna to get to that, that area that you're, you're just kind of pushing a button and you're, you're determining – how you want to read it, and then you determine, you know, in what language, and then you determine if you want to read it on an ebook or if you want it printed print on demand in that form. I mean, it's it's just like I say, it's a, just such an interesting time to be in publishing. So much is changing. You know, I talk to a lot of uh, uh, small press uh, publishers and, and and poetry publishers in particular, and it seems like they're the ones that are struggling with this trans transition into e-readers because the uh the formatting is 
not suitable to some of the formattings of uh, uh, poetry or or what they call uh, um, uh, what's a hybrid or you know experimental fiction. The, the formatting issues are preventing them from being able to use uh, uh, e-readers. I don't know if you experience, you know, if you've had that come up as questions or uh, if, if that's something that you see that will be fixed at some point. And if it's formatting, it seems like it should be a, a, a simple fix, but I hear it time and time again from these publishers that, well, yeah, we can't put our poetry books into an e-reader form or this hybrid or uh, our experimental fiction into an e-reader because it doesn't work with the format. Yeah, I mean, I've, I hear that over and over again, actually. Um, I know various publishers that, that have bought every form of e-reader that's out there, and uh, they test everything. Um, and I think there are some companies out there that have that have gotten around that some of the, the, the bigger um, companies uh, out there have, have figured out ways of, of, of being able to format that, that information for whatever reader, but it, it's interesting. Even these days, if I find something um, that I'm reading off of uh, my phone, for instance, a lot of times I'll click on it and it's not formatted for my phone, and and you know you can easily give up. Um, so I, you know that I I, I think that's going to be an ongoing battle for a while until somebody again has a, another switch and and how you want it. So I I want this book and I want it in French. I want it uh, printed. Or I want this book in Spanish, and I want it as an ebook. Or I want this book in in English, and I want it as um, you know available on my phone. It, it almost has to be click throughs. It, it seems like okay. So sure. what kind of phone do you have? And right. you know all of that. I mean, and and a lot of that comes down to those technical capabilities. And like we have problems with the the, the recording. You know, last week it comes right, down exactly. to having those the, the, those people that are so great at the, at the technology of this to help us because you know we're, we're publishers we're we're meant to get content out and a lot of us have actually had to become very good in in technology um i'm going to jump gears here switch gears and uh you know crank it back into second uh and talk about how does PubWest go about bringing in new members? Do you seek them out, or, or have, have you just been around for so long? These conferences are so big that that the uh, members are seeking you out. These publishers are seeking you out when they're starting out. Uh, and, you know, we're 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 always looking for new members. We always want to grow. Um, we've got a, a great base of publishers. We but we always want more. We need we need an influx of of, of new publishers all the time. To bring that diversity to us, and and um, you know we're always looking for new people. We um, we uh, uh, I spend a lot of time you know at, at shows. I spend a lot of time you know looking for people and trying to seek out new members. We have a membership and nominating committee amongst uh, about other an eight about another eight or so different committees that are part of PubWest. We have a all volunteer um, board of directors, so we're seeking out people. We we offer things like a peer-to-peer -peer membership where we'll bring on uh, some member companies for free um, once a year to get people uh, interested in us, and it's kind of a, 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 a no-pressure um, uh, chance to 
kind of you know check us out, see if they like us, and that sort of thing. And but you know we're always looking for new people, and there's there's so much again happening in this business, and so much niche publishing that is going on, and that's where we really specialize as PubWest is, is in our, our niche publishing, um, and we're we're able to help people. And so if there's somebody out there that's a new publisher, um, you know they're certainly welcome to get a hold of me. And I you know like I say I've, I've I've been in this business about 25 years and I, I can connect them or help them any way I can. I mean, that's really the fun part about my job. We uh, had the opportunity of uh, – I had the opportunity of uh, having a conversation with uh, Colleen Dunn-Bates, who I know is a, a, a board member of yours before. Um, how do you decide – how did board members get on the board? Is that an invitation or, or – um, or is it something that they've uh, applied for, nominated for? It, it's it's kind of uh, you know it's a it's an interesting situation. The fact that I am always looking for people, um, I'm always looking for an uh, vibrant, uh, intellectual um, people that are, were, that I can coerce, I would say, into giving us a hand. Um, mm. I really go after specific. Um, uh, board members, because I I need them to be you know part of the mix. I need them to really help us. I mean, we, like I say, we're a volunteer board uh, of about 16 um, different um, board of directors. I go after those people directly. I have had people approach me, and we've talked, and I have brought people on that way too. But and I'm always interested if if someone feels that that need to to help and has that background. I I'm you know I'm more than willing to add people. Um, we have, uh, at our conference each year, we have a membership meeting, and that's where our new board members um, are added. So it actually has to be a vote by the membership to add mm-hmm. people. So we have to vet them. We have to, you know, get people to give their biography, and, and the membership votes on them. So I just make suggestions from that. So, you know, it's funny because Colleen was on the board for – I. I think she was on the board for about five or six years, and you know uh, I think the world of Colleen and and if you know anything about me, I don't like to let people go, so I'm always reeling people in. Hey, you helped us out with this, and helped us out. Can you help us out? You know, with a new thing. So, I'm, and John, I will probably call you and ask you to help with something in the near future. So that's that's how this world works. I think you know we're yeah, all kind of nice, you know, pat each other on the back. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a a family of small press. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, Pub 501. I know you have uh, some of your su- summer sessions coming up with that, but tell us a little bit about what that is and how that got started. Yeah, we're, we're working on um, Pub 501 now. We're, we're talking about uh, early September. We're securing locations and, and that sort of thing. Um, we Pub 501 is really geared towards um, younger, newer employees in publishing. So it's really geared to uh, people from that have experience from one to five years in publishing. And what we really try to do is is make them a little more well-rounded to help the publishing and help company and also help their their educational um, uh, learning for the company, get them a little bit more background. So basically, we take, uh, through Pub Bible One, we take a book from acquisitions all the way through through sales, and, and we actually talk about hurts and remainders, um, but we go through the whole editorial process, production, design, marketing, publicity, 
um, you know, all of that. We talk about all the different disciplines and, and walk through a book. So we really try to make someone that's new and walking into a publishing company understand what, what that editor does or what that marketing person is doing or what that salesperson is doing or, you know, how the design is important, that kind of stuff. So um, that's that's really where we are with that. And I'll have a lot more information up on Pub 501 in the next couple of weeks. And then uh, you mentioned uh, February in 2000. Uh, 16, you're going to have your next annual conference. So you've been doing these conferences for like 20 years? I, I don't remember. How, how long have you been doing them? Because that's like the big thing that uh, Pub West, that's like your, uh, your kind of mothership there. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing that takes me the most time. I I take a lot of pride in the in the conference, and I spend a lot of time finding, you know, the best keynoters that we can and, and finding um, great topics and on sessions and people that uh, can bring expertise to those those sessions. So that that's actually my 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 main focus every day of Pub West. I mean, I'm I'm really working on trying to um, bring the best conference I can and, and the most affordable. Um, and we travel with it every year, like this, like we said, we'd be in Santa Fe. I'm trying to. Uh, um, maybe bring it to, to Portland for uh, 2017. Last year we were in Pasadena, so you know we move it every year, um, and and you know we we do a great job. It's two and a half days. It starts with intensives on you know certain technology or um, or marketing and publicity that kind of stuff, and we go into um, keynotes and uh, specific roundtable discussions and discipline-driven uh, discussions, and then we open up into Multidisciplinary uh, discussions in the last day, and and it's a again a big networking session. We sessions we uh, we uh, have a large trade show area that uh, we get uh, around 30 vendors every year that come. But but it's a big focus on, for me, uh, and I I work really hard at it. I really think we we deliver one of the best conferences in publishing. Although no, our we're not a huge size, but I think our content is so great and. Our size is actually, I think, in some ways um, better for us because people can come in new and really get a lot from it. And also people can come in that have come to it for, I think we're in our 30th year or so doing a conference. So, um, you know, we've had some people that, oh, my gosh, this is the first year I've missed in 20 or something like that. (laughs) So, you know, we we get great. You you also offer uh, scholarships for the conference to, to help out. Uh, you have the Jack W. Swanson Scholarship. Uh, how did that get started? That got started from a couple of uh, our um, our publishers out of Colorado um, that were very close to us. Um, they sold off a book, and they were wondering what they could do to to use that money that that, that would, you know, kind of make, make a better use of, that than sticking in the bank, that kind of a thing. So we're able through that scholarship to offer one full paid, uh, including transportation and hotel, um, you know, trip to the to the conference each year. And we offer that a couple of months before the conference gets started. And I, it, I you know, offer people to 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 let, take a look at the website. Or and there's actually a portion of the website that uh, on the right hand side there's a little box that people can add uh, their email address and follow along with what we're doing. Each week, I send a newsletter every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific time, and follow along what we're doing. And that will announce things on the conference, on Pub 501, on book lures, on roundtables, on 
that's on scholarships and that sort of thing. But yeah, that's how we got started with that. And and, and we've we've gained a little more money. Uh, we've had a couple more publishers uh, give us some extra money, and a couple other of the wholesale or the uh, uh, associates give us money. So we're we're always looking to to increase that um, that scholarship money so we can maybe get a second or a third person at it at the same time. It was very cool. I mean, you're. I highly recommend everybody to go and, and, and take a look at pubwest.org and see all the things that you offer and, and definitely sign up for the conference in Santa Fe. Um, you said it's the 4th through the, the 6th? 4th through the 6th. Yeah, February. Uh, now, Kent, I'm going to have you do one more thing. Uh sure you'll remember from our last conversation. So with uh, Black Hill Press in 1888, we have this uh, project called Routinology. We talk about the uh, uh, creative routines of uh, uh, you know the people that we interview, artists, editors, writers, publishers. Um, so would you give us a little uh, of, of what your routine is when you, you sit down to work, when you uh, – I know that your, your job is a, a daily nonstop, uh, but maybe give us a little bit of, of what you need if you're, you're a caffeine junkie or uh, – uh, I don't know, it's alcoholic or whatever it is that you need to to make you function at your your peak. I I love this question. Um, okay, so I've worked out of the house for the last I'm going to say 18 years. I go back to actually dial up when it was punishing to actually send an email back and forth. It would take minutes and minutes just to transfer data. Um, and now it's so easy. But I I work out of the house. I've got a, a my office in a in a big center part of the house. Um. Uh, I start each morning about 7 o'clock. I have a little 4-year-old. I get her off to school. Um, I'm going to work tonight until probably midnight. Uh, I will have breaks in the middle there. I usually have some music. I usually have um, maybe a little Ella Fitzgerald, a little Louis Armstrong, maybe a uh, um, Johnny Lang, um, maybe uh, the Stones going in the background. Mm. kind of varied about, you know, what my, what my, uh, uh, what my musical tastes are that day, you know. Um, and, and I've got some background noise as far as caffeine. I'm, I'm kind of doing this iced coffee thing because it's actually warm in the Pacific Northwest. So I get a little coffee about two or 30 in the afternoon, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm amazed at how easy it is and how functional you can be, uh, working out of the house. It's so easy for me. I can concentrate on things. It's, it's simpler. I, I am somebody also that likes to do about 10 or 15 things at once. So I do this, I do this, I do this, and I can really try to maximize my days from that. Well, very cool. Ken, thank you again for taking the time to uh, to uh, have this conversation. It was really informative, and, and I think we hit different notes that uh, we didn't hit in the first one. So I'm glad we got uh, our interview 2.0, our conversation 2.0 here. <laughs> well, thank you, John. I, I really do. And I agree. I, this was this is this. As much fun as the as the first one. I I really appreciate you guys uh, interviewing me, and and I'll offer this if if there's someone out there listening that that I can help out with in any way, please send me an email, Kent at pubwest.org, and uh, I will try my best to to help. Absolutely. This has been the How the Why by Black Hill Press in 1888. I'm John Barrett Ingalls. The show is produced by Kevin Stanick and yours truly, with production assistance by Sarah Becker. The music is Mayalua by Bossa Zuzu.
I wanted to thank everybody for your creativity and your inspiration and to remind you all to keep making 